thank you for hopping back into the current. I'm your host, Nadia Last, and I'm recording this intro by the light of the beautiful Scorpio full moon at the end of April. And this Scorpio full moon is all about revealing our subconscious to us and revealing things that we may have tucked away. And I could not think of a more appropriate topic for today's episode than this episode with Emily the Medium. Emily is a medium, meaning she transmits messages from your ancestors, deceased loved ones, spirit guides, your higher self, and even potential spirit babies to support you on your life path. This episode is absolutely an edge for me. It's an episode I'm not sure I would have been comfortable publishing even six months ago. That is until I received a reading from Emily through which she channeled my grandfather who passed away a few years ago with such stunning accuracy and detail that I had to acknowledge that there might be something to connecting with the other side. The truth that I've since realized is that we're receiving psychic information all the time. It's what happens when you call someone and they're like, oh my God, Nadia, it's so weird. I was just thinking of you. It's what happens when you dream something before it happens. It's what happens when you know someone is going through a hard time in their life before they say anything. We receive psychic information with such staggering frequency that it's easy to dismiss these signals as coincidence. But what happens if they're not? This episode may stretch you into places that your mind isn't fully comfortable with, and my invitation is to get out of your mind and into your body to explore the concepts that I chat with Emily about today. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Emily, I am so honored and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Nadia. I'm so excited to chat with you. I really feel this is going to be such a powerful conversation, and I'm so excited to connect with you more and connect with your community and your listeners. I'm really happy and grateful. And for those listening, I found Emily about six months ago. She did a reading for me that I have now re-listened to about five times. (laughs) (laughs) And she is just a woman of a lot of integrity and growth and listening. I feel like what I receive from being in your energy, Emily, is you're a listener. Whether you're channeling messages about yourself or others, you're in a continuous process of listening, which I think is really rare and really special. So I think I want to open us up just by asking, how would you define the work that you're doing at this moment in time? Mm, yes, yes. First of all, thank you for reflecting that. I have never heard someone phrase that so beautifully in terms of listening and listening to myself, but also listening deeply to the guidance that's coming through me and also listening to people's stories. I think um, I've never heard someone phrase it so wonderfully. So thank you for seeing that and for reflecting that. Years. I started very young. Um, I'm 26 and I started giving readings professionally when I was 20, 21, 22, kind of around that time and leading up to that point. Um, I was in deep kind of development and understanding of my abilities and what they meant for me personally and how I was actually supposed to use them to to serve and how, how am I going to use these abilities to help and serve other people in all different kinds of ways. So there was definitely a, a development process and I ended up 
entering the professional space a lot sooner than I thought I would. I kind of just fell into it as these things happen, um, you know, pushed off of the ledge of the cliff well before I considered myself to be ready. So the the first couple of, of well, the first year, I would say, of my professional work I related to myself as more as an intuitive channel. And there was, you know, I kind of cycled through these different titles that I would use to describe my work. And I was really kind of just playing and experimenting and figuring it out as I worked with people and kind of figuring out my process along the way. Like it really was just a huge experimentation um, and connection kind of experience. And like, how do I work? And how, what are my strengths? And what am I really passionate about helping people with? And what is kind of knocking at my door, even though I didn't have the intention to do that. And one of those things for me was mediumship. I never intended to have mediumship being a a huge part of what I did. I, you know, I was in development for it, but it was kind of more just I thought I would be focused more on healing work and, and energy healing and, um, and kind of purpose work and that kind of thing. And so mediumship kind of just found me as these things happen. And so that became a beautiful part of my work that I enjoy so much and is so special and important to me. Um, and then there's the, I also do work in the realm of connecting people to the souls of their children before they come into onto this planet. And also just in general, um, things, something that I call healing sessions, which are essentially just a, an open forum space with my energy, a, another person's energy, and the, the, the counsel and the guidance of what I call their sort of spirit council, their spirit team, uh, whoever that consists of, whether that is loved ones and ancestors, or whether that is guides and teachers, whoever that may be, it's essentially just a chance for people to um, either come in with an intention and to 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 have their kind of questions or intentions spoken to or to just explore and see what happens. So there's a lot of different facets of, of what I do, but but that's kind of the gist of it. I hope that makes sense. It does. And it's ever expanding. So I I also want to get into this evolution later on. But for those who are listening right now, mediumship, and I know that you teach people in terms of their clairvoyant abilities and their emerging psychic abilities, which I think is really cool. So to give anybody who's listening, whether you've had a medium reading or you've connected to anything, any energy outside of yourself before or not, what is like the pathway in that you use to describe the psychic information that we're receiving all the time. Like what are some ways that you can use to describe it and some everyday examples of how people receive psychic information? Yes, that's a great question. I think there, so that's kind of, a, I'll have a two pronged answer to the, the psychic. Um, well, I guess it, they kind of flow into each other, but I'll start with explaining it in this way. So yes, one of the things that I, I forgot to mention, so thank you for reminding me. I, I, have so, I do so many things. Sometimes I forget what everything that I do. Um, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. I do do that as well. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm also very um, passionate about is really, you know, because I think when I first started entering into the space, what would happen a lot, and I was kind of confused by it, is people would automatically want to put me on a pedestal. And I had to be very careful and clear and communicative about the fact that you don't need to do that. First of all, I don't want to be put on your pedestal and you don't need me to to put me on on a pedestal here because this is what I'm doing, what I'm connecting to, what I'm communicating is not something that is just strictly exclusive to me or to anybody else. This is really something that is 
able to be honed and fine-tuned and is truly accessible to every human being on this planet. And everybody is going to have their different strengths and their ways of communicating and accessing the information and processing the information and that's what I think is so beautiful. And so part of what I do is I, in my mentorship is I work with what I call, I have a lot of different ways. One of the terms that I am preferring to coin it right now is each person's individual psychic mechanism. Like what is your psychic mechanism? How is the information or, or the, the, the guidance or the connection, how is that entering your awareness, entering your field? How are you becoming aware of it? And then how are you processing it and integrating it? So it's so different for everybody. And I think that, you know, something I'm really passionate about is that there is no one size fits all in terms of this is exactly how psychic information is gonna hit your field. This is exactly how you're gonna process and integrate it. And this is exactly how you're gonna move forward. It's so individual. And, and it was so individual for me that I really had to, and that, that's why so much of my first little while in this work was so so much of an experimentation because I would work within these development circles where it was kind of like an intuitive psychic development circle. And it would be like, okay, this is how you do it. And, you know, off you go. And I'd be like, I don't know, that just doesn't, it didn't work for me. And like parts of it worked for me, but most of it was just kind of like, this isn't, this doesn't feel correct for me. And so I kind of, really got excited about helping people understand that they are unique energetic being they have unique psychic receptors and we just have to work with that and practice and play with it and bring you know and, and kind of move out any questioning or doubt or fear about you know am I going to get it right am I going to be wrong am I going to mess it up and just to have an experiment and to play so that's kind of the psychic side of it in terms of I really believe we're constantly constantly receiving psychic information it's not just like you know, something that happens sometimes if we're lucky, it's our, our bodies are constantly like porous little um, sponges soaking up psychic information and energy from every single, and not just exclusive to the time, to the space and time that we're within, it, it, it transcends space and time as well, where we're kind of soaking up this energy in, and it can go between person to person. It can also transcend just this three-dimensional sort of space this can kind of go higher up to, you know, we could say our loved ones in spirit, we could say our spirit guides, our spirit team are transmitting psychic information to us. So that it's just so vast. It's so incredibly vast. And there's so many different ways that we can work with it and, and specialties. And this is why some people are very excited about, let's say the Akashic records and that's their frequency. And that's the frequency that they enjoy playing within. And other people really enjoy the frequency of mediumship or working with ascended masters or the angelic frequency. Like there's just so many different frequencies that we can attune to, connect to and commune with and receive information from and guidance from. And so, it's so much, it's so, it's so vast. And then on, on more specifically on the mediumship side of things, somewhere along the way, mediumship strictly got, it became strictly defined as just connecting with our loved ones on the other side. And that's right now, that's the kind of functioning definition. Most of the time when people hear medium, they say, oh, I'm connecting to my loved ones on the other side. However, 
I also understand that mediumship is also like it also happens with a spirit guide. I'm acting as a medium for somebody else's for for information from um, somebody else's spirit guide. So there's so many nuances to it and so much to explore within that category. But I think there was a, another part of your question that I didn't answer. Um, well, I think it's, it's beautiful because there's so much that you discuss that people might not have ever even heard of before, but like to ground it in a very specific example of like, mm-hmm. it, I love that you described yourself as an intuitive, the first pathway. It, it's almost like you were wading yeah. into the waters. You were dipping your toes in. So everyone has access to intuition and it's the thing that happens when you call someone and they're like, it's so weird, Emily, I was just thinking of you. Like that is receiving and transmitting psychic information. It's having a dream about someone and then texting them that morning and then being like, that's so weird. You were in my dream last night too. Like these weird sort of like deja vu experiences or premonitions, so to speak, that we sort of write off because they happen so frequently in our day-to-day life and realizing that we all have access to it. And then the way that we receive it is so specific. So it might be through a specific sense. For me, it's emotions. I'll feel like the emotions of, of something, some, someone. And I'm curious, Emily, to go back to these sort of early stages, you've been in this work now six years. So when you were around 20, it sounds like, what was the first experience that you had where you're like, whoa, not only is this real because I've experienced it, but there's something here for me to work with in my offerings. Yes. Uh, that's such a, a beautiful question. And, and just to touch on what you were saying, I think there's there's so many, that, that's the thing, that's where life gets really magical, where we can start making those connections of what you just described of, of those things, these things that are happening that seem to be happening to me all the time now, you know, the dream or the text, or um, I thought of somebody and then they called me a moment later, or um you know, I was dreaming about somebody at the exact same time of the dream, you know, all these different things are so many different ways that these, these little synchronicities, these signs and symbols. Um, and that's really where life becomes so magical when we can notice these experiences and not single them out as just coincidence or something funny that's happening and ha ha ha, like how, how could that be? And really notice and recognize the deep sacredness and symbolism within those each and every one of those experiences, no matter how small or large they might be. Uh, I think that that's a really, a really, and then, and then when we start to pay attention to these things and we start to, you know, we're aware of these things happening, they start to happen more and more and more and they intensify and they become more significant and larger and larger and larger. It's just really, and this is why I think everybody can and should, I don't like to say should, but but should want to have an experience of, of a, a depth of their intuition and, and receiving psychic information because it really, makes this life so magical and so beautiful to move through and really it just it's incredible and and I wish that I really do wish that for everybody and I think that there's a huge awakening on the planet right now where a lot of people are coming online to this so anyways to answer your question coming back to your question so I'm actually going to take it back a little bit further than age 20 um when I was 17 graduating high school I was at a unique kind of 
point in my life where uh, everybody was, every, all of my friends, everybody that I knew was applying to go to school. And I didn't, I was not. For whatever reason, I knew it wasn't for me. And it was interesting because there was all kinds of, of sort of uh, societal pressure of like, you're not applying to university? Like what? And I remember just feeling like, no, I'm, I'm not. Like there was this core kind of feeling in my in my soul, like, no, 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 that's just not for you. And then over time, what started to happen is that I started to question that. And I started to actually go, you know what? They're right. Maybe you should be going to university. This is like, what are you going to do? You have nothing to do. You don't even know. So then I did. And I went to, to school for social work at the time. That was the first thing that I, I dipped my toes into. My body immediately became incredibly sick. I lost 45 pounds in this period of six months. It was a really dark, dark period. I was incredibly lost. I had no idea what I, what I was doing or where I was going in my life. And I knew that I had betrayed myself in a certain way by, I had a feeling that I was not supposed to do something, but I did it anyway. My body reacted in a very kind of dramatic way. I got very sick and had to leave school and sort of take a, a year off to reevaluate. And in this year, this was kind of this like magical time where I kind of had a feeling that I knew that I wasn't supposed to do something. I did it anyway. I got sick. I withdraw. I withdrew. And I took a year to essentially just, I guess, yeah, listen. Exactly. Yeah. To listen. And I wasn't doing much other than listening, honestly. And so I, and I had the consciousness a couple of months into this year, I had the consciousness to kind of know, okay, what needs to happen here? Like, what do I need to become aware of? Because what I was doing wasn't working. I was trying to do what everybody else was doing, but it wasn't working. So what do I need to become aware of here? So what happened then is there was one morning where in speaking of dreams and dream synchronicities and things like this is I was kind of in that half dream, half wake state when you're first waking up in the morning, kind of still in the dream world, but starting to make my way into waking state. And I, I heard this, this voice in my right ear, I can still remember it like clear as day, plain as day saying, you need to change your path. This where you, what you have been doing is not what your life is supposed to look like. And this is what your life is going to look like. And then at that time I had flashes of what I now recognize to be what my life is now and the work that I'm doing now. And so at this point, I think I'm 19. Yeah, I'm 19. And seeing this flat, these flashes of this life that it's like, what, you know, what, 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 what even is this that I'm doing? And then I had flashes. So I had these kind of future flashes forward, clairvoyantly, visually. And then I had flashes back to when I was a child, I was a very sensitive, very hypersensitive, very intuitive, psychic child had all kinds of experiences in childhood. And basically they this, this voice, which I now understand to be my, my, my team, my spirit team, then flashed me back to all these experiences that I had in childhood and essentially showed me the connection between these experiences and my future experiences and said, this is the link. This is the connection here. This is not just a coincidence. And so from there, so I'm like, what? You know, I didn't understand it at the time. And I think that that's important to say also, because I'm going, 
like I could feel the 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 tendrils of truth I could feel the tendrils of of excitement and like and joy and oh my gosh this is there's something to this but I still didn't understand what it meant and so what I did after I woke up on that day is I just said I'm going to keep this close in mind and I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be doing yet but I knew and I trusted that I would literally be if this was so important if this was so important that I would be, you know, ha having this profound vision as I'm waking up from sleep that I'm going to be taken to the next correct step. And yes. human design, just as a, an aside, your, your energy type is a generator and you're meant to magnetize. You're not meant to initiate. You're meant to just get present then for the synchronicities that come into your field to then play it out. So I think that's super cool. You wake up and now you're awake to let's see what comes through. Exactly. Yes. And that's exactly what I did is I kept it kind of close in mind. I kept it in my awareness. I kept it in my consciousness, but then I kind of just like was paying attention to everything around me and I didn't take anything for granted and I didn't discount anything. And so then what happened is I was led one day to, I had a specific kind of um, thing that I was supposed to type into Google. It was like this idea popped in my head, like you have to go on Google and type this specific thing into the Google search. And the specific thing was essentially local energy healers. <laughs> and, and that's what I typed in. And so I typed that in and the first hit against all odds, because actually this person, what I found out later, she didn't have any kind of advertising that would kind of bump her up to the top results on Google. This was, the, and, and basically what, who this person was, was she was my first mentor. She was my first teacher. And I remember just going into coming, going to see her for the first time. And I got goosebumps as I'm talking about it too. Her name's Stephanie. And she said, you're here. Ah, you found me. You made it. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I told her the story behind how I was led to come to see her. Um, and she said, all right, we're going to develop you. This is what, this is what we're going to do. She's like, are you already aware of the fact that, that you, you have mediumship abilities? And I was like, I mean, no, but also I told her about the experiences that I had had in childhood. And so she goes, all right, let's do this. And so at that point, and I think it was very important for me. I know everybody has their own kind of experience of how they wake up to their, their abilities and what they do next. For me, I think it was very important for her to see in me. And this is, I don't know if you notice this in my chart too, I'm a four, six, but I have 10 second line activations. So, mm -hmm. so she was like, this is who you are. You know that this is who you are. You have this in you. Right. And I was like, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. And to explain the second line, it's, it's of the hermit, meaning that you have these gifts and abilities that come naturally to you, but you they're so protected from external interference that they're almost more protected from yourself. Like you can't see them as easily. So that's what you're describing. Like you do have these abilities that just flow through you, but it almost takes someone else to point them out in you to be like, to recognize them and say, yeah, of course. Yes, I do. Yes, exactly. And that was so such a um, profound turning point for me. And I just, I, I, if I could go back to that, those early days of, just the excitement, the spark of, oh my gosh, there's something to this. And I'm so excited to just explore and see what this means for me and see if this has anything to do with those <laughs> future kind of flash visions that I had a couple of months prior. So, so she was a huge catalyst for me in that. And, and, and then from that point, basically what happened is 
is once I started developing, when I started committing to developing and understanding and exploring and being curious, that's when all the, the really kind of synchronistic experiences, early synchronistic experiences started to happen. It's kind of almost like, you know, there was that big one and then I was led to my mentor and then there was this kind of initiation where all these things started to happen afterwards. And this would kind of just look like really just like coming back to all the experiences that I would have in childhood anyway, where I would have a dream about somebody and there would be a message in that dream that they, that I needed to transmit to them. You know, I would, some of the, some of the early experiences were with one of my closest friends, with one of my parents um, regarding their health and, and, and this kind of thing. So there was a lot of dream. This is very common actually. And I noticed a lot of people have this. I had a lot of dreams. It was a lot of prophetic psychic information in dreams at first. And I remember asking about that like why why is that you know and I would I would ask why am I only getting it in dreams why can't I have it you know when I'm like alive and awake and uh talking to people and they were like well it's kind of like the primer we're sort of just getting you comfortable we're kind of just getting you comfortable with receiving messages in this way so that you can then start to receive messages and transmit messages in in a different way so a lot of people report that the their first touch with a psychic experience is a dream, um, which is kind of cool. So that is how it happened for me was a lot of dream experiences. And then it started to be random little psychic hits about people. Like I, you know, this goes, this is gonna sound so funny, but it would just be like, I knew somebody was, you know, having a baby or I knew somebody was a Pisces or I knew somebody was in a fight with their husband and they, they were feeling, they were questioning their, just like little random kind of things that would happen. And this would happen in the workplace and the the place of work that I was, that I was working within. This would happen with friends. And so just like little knowings about things. And sometimes they were totally random, like just so like, what is the point of this information? Um, So there was that. And then around the time that I started feeling comfortable enough to work professionally, that's when the mediumship started to come in where I would be, I would start just working with people in kind of an energy healing context. And then their loved ones would start coming in um, or I could feel a change in the energy. And I would start describing the change in the energy and, and kind of what I was feeling. And the person would be like, Oh yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my grandma. Or like, you just described my grandma perfectly or, um, or this kind of thing. So that's kind of the process. It was really an unfolding and there was just so much, I think, for me and something I would like to mention for anybody else who's who's sort of in the beginnings of this experience is there was so much blind trust, especially with the, the, the little knowing. So just for context, um, and you touched on this just with how you receive information is through feeling, through emotion. Um, that's also how I receive information, but primarily I'll kind of just, there's, there's, a, there's these psychic senses. Um, and so what you described is, is clairsentience, clear feeling. We feel clearly psychically through our emotions, through our physical bodies. Our physical bodies are like our tuning fork. And then there's claircognizance, which is a primary kind of psychic sense for me, which is essentially clear knowing where all of a sudden you just know information that otherwise you shouldn't have any awareness or understanding of. So that's a primary one for me. Another one is clear audience, clear hearing, where we are actually receiving messages audiently, whether that's within the mind, which is how it happens for me, or for some people, they'll actually hear of someone talking to them outside of the of the of the 
of the ear. So that's, it's actually outside of themselves. Um, and then clairvoyance, which is the, the visual, which is another big part of this for me, um, but it's kind of combined with the other senses. So over time, it just started developing these, these psychic senses started developing and I started understanding them. And that, you know, with the claircognizance, especially that was the toughest one to develop for me because so subtle, so very subtle and clairsentience can be subtle too. Or, or just sometimes we have a hard time translating it that this actually, this emotion, this sensation, this reaction, this actually, this is, this means something. This is information that I can use. And it's the same thing with the clear cognizance. It's like something would just pop into my head. And, you know, normally I would keep it kind of in the back, but then I started allowing it to the forefront. I started trusting it and saying it out loud. It's like, oh my gosh, that's actually that's not just a coincidence that that popped into my mind at the time that it did. It was, there was, there's a meaning to that. So I think that having an understanding at the beginning of the psychic senses can be really valuable because then you're understanding what's my primary way of how psychic information is becoming available to me right now. And eventually I really believe that all of the psychic senses are available to all of us at simultaneously all at once. Um, but it takes time. Sometimes we just need to experience one singularly before we can start experiencing all of them together. Mm. So, yeah. So how do you, it's such an incredible thing because I hear that you found Stephanie, your mentor, and you started to sort of trust and allow things in and maybe even sort of like test the waters and say, I'm receiving something about this and sort of like evidentially moving throughout your readings. How do you prepare yourself for readings? How do you get yourself into an energetic space where you can receive? Because I can only imagine that it takes a lot of work or self-care and intention. Yes, that's a fantastic question. That's a great question. And I think it's really evolved over time. So this is such a good question. So before, so when I first started, there was so I was just so I was so nervous I mean I was just so nervous like like 24 hours before I would meet with somebody it was just excruciating <laughs> I was so it was it was I was just like I just really want to like is this going to happen I really want to serve this person you know is anything even going to come through and then of course it always would but there was this you know there was this buildup. so in the beginning my process was my preparation was so extensive Nadia I I it was the most extensive process. It, like, it was like, I would ha I had a whole routine. Okay. Like I would go for a walk and then I would come back and I would have a shower and then I would do a meditation and then I would take a break and then I would come back and then I would do another meditation. Like it was just so dogmatic because so you're like, I need to follow all these things in order to get there instead of just exactly. trusting. Exactly. I thought that I had to put myself in a specific, and I think that there's a lot of like rhetoric around this too, of like, you have to like prepare yourself. And, and that is true in some situations, it is true. So very dogmatic, like step, 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 step one, step two, step three, step four. And then that was the only way that I could connect. And so that was a big hang up for me for a long time. And it is actually for a lot of other intuitives where they think that they have to have this long drawn out process that's going to prepare them to connect psychically, mediumistically, intuitively, what have you. And what it took over time is me returning to the truth that this is, uh, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying this, this is so natural. This is just like, 
this is the most natural thing that I could be doing. And so I kind of had to go through this process where I was finding that naturalness. Uh, at first it was like, it was an unnatural thing. I had to work at it. I had to get there. I had to get there and stay there. And then over time it was like, I can just drop in and do this anytime, any moment with some exception, but for the most part, I can drop in and do this at any time. But so my process has changed significantly. I used to prepare like, you know, 24 hours before uh, working with somebody. Now I prepare five minutes. <laughs> so it's, I'm glad for that because it's saved a lot of time. But what it does look like now is, for, so first of all, for me personally, my, my personal, I have my personal kind of care practices that I make sure that I'm, and, and it's less dogmatic. It's, it's more, I'm just doing this because it supports my vitality. It supports my joy. It supports my, my stamina and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. So I have a kind of a practice that I'll do every morning. I love the, the technology of Kundalini yoga. I'll do um, some Kundalini yoga set. Go, I get outside first thing. That's very important. Um, so I have like these little things that I do just to make sure that I'm caring for myself. But really now as I'm stepping into to caring or to being in, in session with a client is I just say a prayer and I just say, I'm available. Sometimes I'll introduce myself to the energies. I'll say, hello, nice to meet you. Nadia's guides, angels, ancestors, teachers, and healers. I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful that I'm able to, number one, connect with Nadia today and number two, connect with you and transmit your information your guidance, your reassurance, your healing through me and, and to her. And let's do this. So I'm excited that I'm ready and, and I can't wait to, to talk to her and to talk to you. So that's kind of like my, my process there. And then and then at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I figured this out about myself. I know how many clients I can work with a day with a day. And that's actually something too. Because at the beginning, it was just like as much as I can get, you know, I was seeing six, seven, eight, nine, ten people a day. Ridiculous. But I did it. I just showed up and I was like, I got to do this. And I was building, building, building and, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. But I was I was so burnt out, so wildly burnt out, just using every last drop of my generator energy. And I had absolutely nothing left for myself at the end of the day. Zero. I couldn't even like bring a spoon to my mouth to feed myself. I had to get my partner at the time to like help me eat food at the end of the day. It was just crazy. So I had to figure that out along the way of, okay, I have X amount of energy. I have, you know, these clients, how can I serve them to the best of my capacity, to the best of my ability, uh, while still making sure that I'm taking care of myself like it, it, it took a long while to figure it out. And I really think I found the sweet spot now. I'm very happy with where I'm at with it now, but it takes, it does take energy, but it also is very natural. You know, it's this, this nuance. It's this, this dance between the, between the two things. So now I'm, I'm very intentional with my time and, and how many people I'm working with and the energetic hygiene practices that I'm engaging with in the times that I'm not working with people so that, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a, a journey and unfolding and an experimentation for sure. Mm. You've said, you've talked a lot about spirit guides, ancestors, angelic beings. I think that we should define those a little bit yeah. and maybe even through the context of the first reading that I had with you, which by the way, was my first reading with a medium. Mm -hmm. So it was a very 
special experience. And what happened through the arc of my reading with you is that first we, we came in, we sort of settled and my grandpa came in immediately. He was like right at the door, ready to talk. He had so many things to say. He was like making you laugh. He, he talked about inside jokes. There were all of these different things and I was completely blown away. So that was sort of the first half of our reading. And then the second half, you're like, yeah, your grandpa's making space now for your spirit team, for these sort of like chorus of people who are guiding you and know the context of your life, including your higher self. And there are certain messages that you need to receive now. So I'm curious for you, does it usually follow a narrative arc like that, where it's, it's ancestors or people that the person knew and then sort of like generic or, or is it no rhyme or reason depending on the person? That's such a good question. Yes. So it's definitely no rhyme or reason. It's depending on the person. However, I find that oftentimes our, our loved ones, our ancestors, depending on the context over the relationship, but for the most part, our loved ones and our ancestors are, especially if it's the first time that they're having contact with the loved one, which in this case, it was for you, where they will be right, like ready to go. They're, they're like, oh my gosh, this is my chance. I have an opportunity. I'm not waiting. Nobody else can stop. You know, nobody can stop me here. I am. And here I go. And so they're very eager. They're very excited. They're very, um, sometimes can be a little pushy, but that's just because they want to make sure that they're, that they have their moment. They have their time to share and transmit. And especially if there's any healing that needs to be shared. So it's definitely very, and it depends on the kind of session as well. So um, what I usually say is if, if we're strictly just in sort of a mediumship context, most of the time people are happy to connect and hear from their loved ones the entirety of the, of the, of the time. Um, and they're happy with that. They, they just wanna to talk to them and that's, that's, that's all. But sometimes it's also important that, that we know that our loved ones have the opportunity and they're here to, you know, they say what they need to say, but then they also have the, the awareness and this is actually quite incredible if you think about it they have the awareness that actually you know I've shared what I needed to share with Nadia your, your grandfather and now I also know that there's other areas of her life experience that she's looking for guidance or insight or reflection on right now and so I need to make sure that I'm sort of taking that little sidestep I'm still here but I'm going to take that little sidestep and let the other information kind of be be shared here so yes I think it's a great idea to define so our mediumship or our ancestors or our loved ones that we have had a relationship with or, or they're just a part of our ancestral lineage so some people like sometimes I'll talk to some people's great 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 grandparents that they have never of course they've never met them but they're still a part of their ancestral lineage and they have important messages to share that are not necessarily singular or, or specifically applied to the fact that they knew this person, but just more universal messages for that person or for other family members is, is, is very common as well. So a loved one doesn't have to be somebody that you necessarily had a physical experience with. It can be people who we never even knew were in our, our ancestry. For example, I was working with someone and she found out that her, who she understood to be her biological father was actually not her biological father. And so she was able to have access to the information of who her biological father was and she found him. And it was very beautiful. She was very happy, 
but before she had the chance to actually reach out and let her biological father know that she was his biological daughter, he passed away. And it was devastating for her because it, she wanted to connect to him and she wanted to tell him because he didn't know. And so I was able to do that for her in spirit, even though she never had the opportunity to know who this person was and have that kind of father daughter relationship, they were able to have it in spirit. So that's a great example just of how spirit really transcends just having physical experiences with people. So loved ones and people that we've had the chance to physically love and touch. And, and so that's just an incredible facet of, of this work too. So yes, mediumship is, is loved ones, ancestors, friends, people that we've known and loved, people who have been in our orbit that we haven't had the chance to meet, but we've, we've known and loved them at some point, yes. And when you say spirit, I know that you define this on your podcast because Emily has her own podcast that I want everyone listening to go check out Emily, the medium. But when I think it was one of your earliest episodes that you say, when I say spirit, it's synonymous with source energy, with the universe, with God, if you'd like to personify it with, you know, whatever it is that you'd like to use. I know that you're particular with words, but it's however you connect to this sort of energy that is beyond us and larger than us and the energy that we come from. And this part of us that is eternal, there's energy within us that it uh, transcends our human body and this human lifetime. And it's before this lifetime and after this lifetime and the place that we go back to, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. No, that's, that's, per that's perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. I think that's the, the key word there is synonymous that, that, that everybody, you know, when some people say spirit, they mean, I, I, when I say it, I really mean everything. I, I mean, every kind of facet and, um, subset and specific category of anything that is source energy whether that's a loved one an angel a guide a teacher a healer an ancestor a great great grandmother wh whoever it is it's it's like an umbrella um term and it's an, and it means so many different things and sometimes i'll say it and it'll take on you know a different meaning in a specific context but then i'll use it in another context and it'll take on a different meaning there so i'm glad you brought that up because i know it sometimes can be like what is she what wh what spirit is she talking about here when she's saying it so right yeah. Yeah. and now i'd love to this you you talked about ancestors but now let's talk about spirit guides yeah. this sort of like gen, more generic energy that is yeah. like what is a spirit team what is a spirit guide how can people connect with them Yes. So the way that I understand it, and, and, and I've heard different um, channels, different intuitives, different mediums explain, explain spirit guides different, which is, all, which is always an interesting thing to note as well, is that um, because we are all so unique and we all have our you know, access to life experience, our, our life experiences and different kind of accesses to language and our specific experiences with our spirit guides is everybody's going to explain it slightly differently. So, and I think that's beautiful. That's a part of the, the fun is that you know, everybody is going to relate to things slightly differently based on their, their specific experiences. But in my experience, my personal experience, and also my experience working with people's spirit teams pretty much daily, is our spirit guides, and I've actually had a new development of this lately, so I'm going to go into that too. But our spirit guides are essentially, if we were really being broad about it, it's an energy that has been an energy of guidance, reassurance or support 
that has been assigned to us to support us through our specific subset of human experiences and the specific kind of destiny experiences that we have written into our life's plan, so to speak. So it's essentially like a built-in support team, support system. It's like if you you know, just as you have a, a medical team uh, or, or a, a, a team of dentists or, you know, dent you have your dental hygienist and then you've got your dentist and then you've got your doctor, but then you also have your nurse and your osteopath and your chiropractor. And there's all these people, I'm just naming all the things, you know, but, but you have this team of people who are here to support you in the physical, support your physical body, support your health, your well-being, your vitality. So the same way that you have a, a access to a cosmic a spiritual support team. It would make no sense if we were just kind of dropped off on earth with like no support or guidance. You know, we'd all just be like walking around with chickens with our head cut off. It's knowing that everybody has access to this. And that's one of the big questions that I get is, do I have guides? Absolutely. Everybody has guides, whether they or not they have a conscious awareness of them, they're available to you. They're, they're there for you. So now this is where it gets kind of interesting is, is you could you could continue on and just see them as a field of energy of guidance you don't necessarily have to personify them however they do have individual personalities they do have individual sometimes physical appearances uh which i think can sometimes trip people up a little bit they're like hold on a second i have guides who are not known to me who are helping me and guiding me through my human experience it can sometimes be kind of like wouldn't why why wouldn't my loved ones just do that and the way I describe that is that these guides are, yes, no, we, ha we haven't had a physical experience of them necessarily. We haven't met them in physical form, although, again, there's a whole di other dimension of this that I've discovered that I'll describe in a second. But they're unbiased. They're able to be objective in a certain sense. And they're a they have um, an understanding of the, okay, to, to, just to preface this, I believe that before we come to earth into these beautiful, beautiful human bodies um, as, you know, when we are born, when we, when we make the transition from being in utero to coming into this world, that before that, before we incarnate, before the soul touches the body, you know, before the conception process happens, that we are, we have written and mapped out our upcoming incarnation. And the, this, this opens a whole other can of worms of the destiny free will conversation, which we can talk about. Not everything is, is destined. We have free will. That's the beauty of being a human being, meaning that you could have something written in your plan and then you get here on earth and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go another way, which comes back to my story of, I knew that I wasn't supposed to do something, but I made the free will choice to do it anyway, even though, anyway, so that's a whole other thing. But we have these, these, these guides who are, they have their, their own unique energies and personalities, and they also have specific areas of our life that they are here to support us through. So we have primary guides who are here just to support the entire kind of spectrum of our human experience. We have those who are here to kind of make sure that they're keeping us on track with our soul's work. We have those who are helping us through different relational experiences. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The, the, the spirit team is really so vast. And I mean, I can't even put a number on how big each individual person's spirit team is because it's so 
it's also it's and this is the fun part too is sometimes I struggle with <laughs> some of these spirit things that and I understand this because I desire it too but I think sometimes there's a, a, a need or a desire to quantify the unquantifiable meaning okay how many guides do I have okay well how many of them are female how many of them are male how many of them you know have brown hair how many of them are like fun and bubbly you know what I'm saying so it's it's like there's that interesting aspect of it too when you go deeper into it so I think you know a great place to start is just I have access to a field of energy, a field of support that is specific to me um, and is specific to my, what I am experiencing down here on earth. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. It does for me because I've been connecting to it. But I think for those listening who are like, we try to create some semblance of control. Mm-hmm. What's this person's name? What do they look like? Who, what are you trying to tell me? And It's interesting because it's very humbling connecting to psychic information or information that comes from a place that is larger than us and a plan that is greater than us. And it's humbling in that information will be revealed when we're ready to hear it. And we might never need to know the specifics of who the team is. For me, I only know one person's name and it came to me in meditation one time. Beyond that, I know my grandpa because I had my reading with you and I've connected with him innumerable times since then. He's like, come in, it it created a portal and that's why he was so eager to come through. And it's like, I do a journal prompt every morning. That's what does my spirit want me to know today? And I even connect to my higher self too. So it might not even, I believe that there's a part of us that remains in spirit when we come down here that knows exactly why we chose this incarnation as Emily, as Nadia, the sort of karmic lessons that we're here to learn, the sense of self that we're here to step more fully into. So regardless of what it is that you're connecting to, make sure that you're connecting to something. Yeah. And trust the information that comes through. I'm humbled again and again. I'm looking for sort of like business hacks and steps about how much money I'm going to make. And the, the message I receive is get out into nature today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it can be very simple. And yeah, I'm so curious how you work with people who come into your work and demand specific things. And when you receive information that's sort of opposite of what they're looking for or how you sort of navigate the difficulties that come up in your work as well. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And just to, I just want to touch on what you said around the higher self that remains in, in spirit. I think that's, that's an incredible way to describe it. And that, and that that's actually kind of what I was hinting at around this new discovery is that, and this is still a hypothesis. I'm, st- I'm just, this is kind of just like, my guide sort of threw this at me as like a, like a, what if this was the case you know like hmm, what if this what, what if this was true which is just hilarious they're not like confirming that it's true they're just like maybe this is true and basically what they this just came in the last few days and what they said is your spirit guides are, are, are okay hold on i gotta word this properly basically your spirit guides are just a version of you they're just a version of you. It's in a different expression of you. It's not anything outside of, of you as a, as a soul, as an energy. It's just a different version of, of the vastness of all of your energy. And, and or it's a version of you. Your spirit guides are just a version of you living in a different time frame 
timeline. You know, we have a, a, one of our spirit guides is actually a version of just us from the future or us in a, in a past life experience. Like there's just, I was like, okay, so you're going to throw that at me and then you know, not, not confirm. <laughs> explain a little bit about that. Explain. I was just like quiet, you know, crickets. So I'm like, okay, I see how it is. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's so beautiful. And I absolutely agree with you that, that, and I think that that's also very empowering to remember that, yes, we have spirit guides, but also we have a, our highest self, the highest version of our energy that is still us. That's always available to us. So if you struggle with the con, because I know some people who struggle with the concept and the idea of something outside of me guiding me. So perfect. Just just connecting connecting to the to the concept of of you have a higher self, and it's just you, um, but it's you with a higher perspective, mm-hmm. and that's 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 it. So I love that reflection. Um, and you asked me another question. <laughs> well, I think that that's exactly where we needed to go. And I was, I think that the, the humility in that is that there's this ability for us to view our lives through a 10 foot perspective, whether you get a reading with a medium, an energy healer, or you just connect to yourself every morning before you turn on your phone. And this ability to see your life, not from the, you know, heads down in the weeds of it, but actually from a larger perspective and seeing the past, present and future, which is what you connected to in that sort of like moment in between dream and waking of seeing the larger picture and allowing yourself to course correct based on some larger mapping. And um, my question before was how you deal with people who are looking for such specific information, but you're receiving the message that their guides are like, it's not for you to know yet. Like we receive pieces along the journey. And it's so cool to hear you talk about, I received this next key, but it hasn't been explained yet. It's for me to mull over and work with and wait for. So it's, it's a continuing humbling process. We're just bumbling around trying to figure things out. Yeah, that's sorry. Yes, I remember now. Um, was like I had temporary psychic amnesia. I was <laughs> I was so into to to your reflection about higher self. So, yeah, it's um, it's a dance. It's uh, it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of that there. When when I'm coming into an experience of a reading, everybody usually has um, I call it an intention, where usually somebody when they're coming to see me, they have an intention, they have a reason why they're there, they have a reason why they're showing up. My reason for showing up is always just to transmit the information exactly, and they don't. It might be totally separate from what the person wants. It might actually be totally separate from their intention. So I always just say, you're allowed to have an intention. You are 100% allowed to come in here with things that you want to know about, things that you want to talk about, specific questions that you have. You, that's, that's, that is your free will. However, my intention is always just to hold space for exactly what needs to happen and exactly what needs to be said. And sometimes it lines up and it's exactly what you want to hear or what you want to be said or what you want to talk about. And sometimes it's wildly different. It has nothing to do with anything that you came in with wanting to to know about and so it's it's a it's to me it's holding a certain level of, of of confidence and kind of command in the fact that I'm just I'm always just getting what I'm getting and I can't change what spirit is giving me that's not my job I'm not here to go to I mean sometimes I can kind of push back and be like 
okay, she really has this question. And so are you going to answer this for her or him? You know, are you going to, are you going to let, are you going to let me at this? And so sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, they'll take pity on me and, <laughs> and <laughs> give me what, what the person's wanting. But for the most part, I just have to say, listen, most of the time it lines up and we're, and, and there's a, there's a, there's an alignment there. We're on the same page. Sometimes though, it doesn't. And you have to trust that whatever is being transmitted today, although it might not be serving what you thought you wanted in this present moment, at this exact moment in time, six months from now, you will be so happy that we talked about what we talked about because it was so much more relevant to what was coming next or what you really needed to hear or know. So, and sometimes, most of the time, people that I work with, um, are totally lovely and completely understanding. And they're like, yep, I trust you. Whatever it needs to be is what it is. That's not always been the case. And then in that case, it's just, okay, I'm not the right person for you. And thank you. I'm sending you so much gratitude, um, but I'm just not the right reader for you today. And, uh, and, and, I, and I had to, it took some time for me to get comfortable with that because I felt like I was letting that person down, but ultimately I can't give you what I don't have access to. Yes. Or if, if you're just not, if I'm just not allowed access to that information, then I can't give it to you. And I'm sorry, I, you know, but I'm also not sorry because I just have to listen and I have to just, I just, my job is to, in the highest integrity, I give you what I, what is available and what you are needing to hear. And, and uh, yeah, sometimes more, sometimes less. So yeah, it was really hard for me at the beginning because uh, I just um, wanted to everybody to like me. <laughs> uh, so, you know, sometimes when you have to say, sorry, I can't help you, people don't like you very much. So, but I've gotten a lot more comfortable in, in commanding that and knowing that it's, that's, that's, that's the highest integrity. That's the highest level of um, pure energy that's coming through in a session. So. Well, it's an analogy for life too, because yeah. we have all experienced moments in our life where we're frustrated. We're like, why can't this just work? Why can't I skip forward? Why can't I just be at a stage in my life where I have X, Y, Z and being frustrated that what's directly in front of you to work with feels so much lower in frequency than what you really want to be working with. And that's why the nature of our lives is so humbling and the karmic lessons that we work through are so humbling because we might think, oh, we're above this trial or initiation that we're going through. Oh, I have to fix my relationship with my mom. Oh, I have to apologize to this friend. Oh, I have to, you know, like be in this job that I feel is so beneath me or whatever it is. And you go to see a medium or a healer or a therapist and you're like, I want to work on the big stuff. And they're like, but what's actually directly in front of you is this. And the fastest way to the other side of it is through it. And I've actually had experiences with psychedelics where I go in with an intention for my, my experience. And I say, I want to have this amazing breakthrough in my business. And what comes out is like, you need to eat better. And I'm like, what a waste, what a waste of a trip. Like my goodness, like I was waiting for the big key and actually working with what's present is 
the surest way to the other side of it. Absolutely. So. I couldn't agree more. And I've had those experiences too. And, and that's where I think it's, it's a beautiful example of forcing something and we can have intentions, but also we could get into the arena and realize that that intention is actually um, obsolete and that there's something else that is needing to be present for us on that specific day. And it's a perfect example of just, you know, force versus flow and how to find the, the, the nuance of that, um, the, the kind of the energies of push and pull and, and, real, and really, truly the surrender of it all um, as well, where, you know, I've had experiences like that with psychedelics too. So that's why I'm laughing so hard. You know, <laughs> I want to like, no, like, okay, like, where am I going? And it's just like, you just need to like, stop being so freaking serious and just laugh a little. And I'm like, that's it. You know, that's <laughs> all you have for me. You know? but then I did. And it was amazing. And I came out of that having the thing that I wanted because I was just able to be in what it was at the exact moment in time. So I, th- I love that example that you gave and I totally relate. Yes, which is spirituality. Everybody has all these complex spirit guides and babies and all these things like these pathways. And spirituality is just showing up authentically in your life moment by moment to what is present. Yeah. That is spirituality. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. So it's so simple. But but now I actually want to talk about spirit babies, talking about these esoteric concepts, because the reading that we had together, beautiful. I had a lot of messages from my grandpa about my family and about my business. And as of late, I've been receiving messages from a client who has psychic abilities. And I've gotten another reading from a woman who is like, your spirit baby is ready to come through. Uh-huh. And my human body is like, I don't want a baby. Like I'm not ready to be a parent. And it has been such a humbling thing in, in my field recently that it's like, there's this entity that wants to come through. And so I've been grappling with that recently. So I'm curious because so much of your work is connecting with people's spirit babies, whether it's people who have suffered miscarriages and they're trying to understand the reason about it. And I'm just curious where you're at with your work with spirit babies these days? Yes, that's such a good question. It, how And how this happened for me also, as I, I've talked about this a lot, but I really just fell into this too. Like as just, I've, I've fallen into these, like I've just walked myself into these holes of, 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 of niche. And it's like, how did I get here? It's like, anyway, here I am. So I'm just going to keep going. But essentially, yeah. So where I'm at with it right now is I'm... Okay, first of all, just to speak to your experience, I think that that's what you describe for yourself, your personal experiences is I I see this all the time. The thing that I would love to communicate to a lot of people about spirit babies, and and this is especially relevant if you're not sure if you actually want to have physical children in a life in a specific lifetime, or you're like, not even close to being ready, you know, like 10 years, um, like kind of thing. And I think that it's what I would love people to understand and to know is that we all, not all of us, there are some people who, who just, they don't have spirit baby energies attached to them. And that's not because that's not because of any specific reason. It's just, it's just really not their specific experience in a lifetime. And there's lots of people who are choosing that path now moving forward, I find is, um, and I think it's actually really incredible that, uh, you know, it's like, there's this model, societal model where you get married, you, you know, you, you have a couple kids, you, you know, live your life, you retire, and then you send your kids to college. And there's like this whole model that's changing. And people are like, you know what, I'm choosing my 
my path. That's actually, you know, I, I, I don't desire to have children and I don't feel like I have to just because it's what society says that I should do, um, which I think is just so amazing. And I see more and more people really moving towards this. Now, um, for other people, it's they are kind of undecided about the fact if they want to have children or not. But like, just for example, in your specific experience, you know, there is an energy that's kind of like entering our field. And maybe we're not sure, or maybe we're just very much not um, ready to hold that frequency yet. And I think what a lot of spirit babies communicate to me is it's okay if you don't know. It's okay if you decide that you don't want to have children at all. It's okay if you take a lot longer than you think you would, you know, or you think that you want to, or maybe that I would want you to. Um, so there's just like such a, an acceptance. And, and that's the thing is that we have free will. So we could, you know, have a spirit baby energy in our, in our field that's kind of trying to make itself known. But then we could say, you know what? I'm choosing to do something different in this life. And that's the beauty of being human. We're, we have so much free will. And it's like, there's so many souls in other planets and dimensions that don't have that same level of free will that we do. And they're envious of it because we always get to choose and that's freaking awesome. So anyway, just to speak to that. And then for me personally, where I'm at with, with spirit babies is I'm still, it's something that I think I will be very passionate about for, for quite a long time because um, there's so many, what I've discovered when I entered into this work is there's so many people and families who have been trying to conceive for years and years and years, and they've had multiple miscarriages, stillbirth and early infant child loss, and just all of these, these hugely horrible and, and hard experiences and I think you know they I've seen some people really get get in that they're in that they're living in that for the rest of their lives and and it's it's so sad so that's one of the things that I'll always be really excited about is just um, bringing more consciousness to the conception process for families and bringing healing after loss um, and showing that each each specific life experience, whether that was a miscarriage that ended at four weeks, that's still a life, that's still a spirit baby, that's still an energy that is still connected to you in some way that we can connect to and talk to. So, so there's that aspect of it. And I'm also very passionate about where, where really my, I mean, all of it is beautiful and I'm excited about all of it, but really what I'm most excited about in this topic right now is I believe that there's some really high caliber souls coming onto this planet right now. And they're really coming in a response to sort of the what's going on in the planet right now. And they're very, you know, very advanced, intelligent energies and souls, very high caliber. And they are... Well, first of all, they're kind of just like wanting to make them their them, their, their specific kind of ad advancement and sensitivity known to their parents before they come earthside, because it's like, I'm going to have really specific needs and I'm going to be really hypersensitive and I'm going to be really on a mission and I'm going to be all this like even a beautiful friend of mine. She she had a gave birth to her second child, a boy in 2020, uh, late kind of mid 2020. And what she's finding is what worked for her first child does not work for him. He essentially, he was essentially being poisoned through her breast milk because she was just eating the same way she always was. 
but his body absolutely would not tolerate it. And he became, became very sick as a result. And so she's had to now change her entire scene to serve this child. It's, it's pretty incredible. And I really think that that's kind of what the norm is going to be moving forward, these very high caliber energies. And so I'm passionate about number one, honoring these souls and saying, my God, thank you for coming. We need you so bad. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. And also communicating with the parents and, and, you know, easing their uh, worries and fears and also informing them of just how amazing these souls are um, that are coming into their families. So it's such a, one of the things that I always say around this topic is um, <laughs> I learned something new about it literally every single time I work with somebody. I'm like, I didn't even know that was possible. And I'm telling you this and I'm learning this alongside you. So that's what's really fun is there's so much that I still don't know and um, that I'm still exploring in this process about spirit babies and, and all there is to them. So it's, um, it's a very interesting topic. And I just find every time I talk about it, everybody is like, oh my gosh, like, there's just so much curiosity because it's like, this is something that's possible. We can connect with the energies of, of souls, of children, of future, of children who plan on incarnating in the future, of children who are currently incarnated. So, you know, communicating telepathically with children who are presently in utero, that's an amazing thing. It's incredible, so fun. And then communicating with, with, with souls who have been here at one point who are not here anymore. That's really how I define presently spirit babies. And um, there's nuance to that. And there's a lot more to it than just that. But that's kind of how I define it and how I'm, I'm enjoying to talk about it right now. And I think there is some level of our society's awareness that this is how it works, whether it's conscious or not, because we have the saying when, when people become parents, I see posts often where it's like, thank you for choosing me to be your parent. And whether it's conscious or not, I think at some cellular level, we understand that there is an entity that is choosing to come into our family and the reverence for that mystical process. And just as an aside, my dad would always tell me growing up, I saw your eyes in my dreams before you came here. And my dad is very traditionally religious. He gets very nervous whenever I, I meet with mediums or whenever I talk to him about my relationship with my grandpa, who he had such a close relationship with. And he grieves to this day. He, he passed a few years ago. And so I'll tell him messages that I received from my grandpa and he gets very nervous about it, but he still had this very soul-based connection to me before I came here. And I know that my soul chose my family and that understanding whether you believe in past lives or souls or whatever it is, there's so much solace through this framework of understanding that like there is a certain level of choosing and choosing your dharma, your karma, the things that you came here to do. It's, it's really beautiful. And I think for those who choose not to be parents, I agree. I have a level of respect that we we are at a place in our society where people can choose. Here are these societal constructs. I can choose whether or not whether it's gender or you know socioeconomic like not socioeconomic educational, whether it's to have kids or not, whether it's to get married or not. Like all of these things that were sort of foisted upon us for for generations, we're now at a time and a place that we can choose. And whether you have a a spirit baby that comes through your family or not, there are also ways that you can support this new generation of, of kids. And I hear all the time from my, fr my friends who are just in awe of Gen Z. Yes. Yeah. Just I mean, in awe. They're amazing. <laughs> cool. 
I look at them, you know, just even like, oh my gosh, it's just, I could go on and on about that. I, I really, um, I just had a workshop a, a couple months ago on the generations of children that are presently here in the last kind of, you know, 10 years or so. Um, and then the generation that's kind of coming on right now. And just like, I have such deep respect for these children and these souls like they're just in these young adults and oh my god they're making so many amazing changes on this planet and, and even you know i think you you touched on gender and i think that that's such an important change that's happening right now people in the in the trans community who are making so who are having people think so differently about gender and gender identity and gender fluidity it's just it's so incredible to me it makes me so emotional um same it makes me so emotional and you know a lot of these children have been through pain like so much pain in order to get to this point but I think you know anytime I come into contact with one of these beautiful souls who's doing such important work on this planet I'm just like thank you you are literally changing the way that the world and I know it's hard but you're changing the way that the world looks at these things and yes. And viewed through the lens of spirituality, it's so powerful because if you, if you have felt, which I have felt the, the, my past lives and that I've embodied many different genders and races and sexualities and, and I feel all of that coursing within me. And so it's just so cool to have souls that are willing to sort of like stand and be in the fluidity of that spectrum because we all have that capacity within us. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think that that's really, you know, I heard a, 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 um, a talk that was given by somebody who identifies as, as non-binary and, and they were essentially saying, people look at the, at the, at the, the, the LGBTQIA plus community and they're so, some people get so kind of triggered because we're just like being ourselves. <laughs> we're just expressing so freely. And most of the time we don't care and we're just dressing how we want and we're identifying how we want and we're expressing how we want and we're so free and we're so liberated. And people look at that who maybe are feeling repressed or not liberated or stuck within a specific construct of how they relate to themselves or their sexuality or their identity or their gender. And there's a subconscious reaction to the freedom and the liberation. And I just thought that was such a perfect way to put it. And that yes. really, I believe that one of the core kind of, there's a, I think there's so many core like foundational meanings of why we're here on this planet and human bodies. But I think, you know, number one is to learn. We're here to learn. We're here to, uh, here to evolve. But I think number two is we're here to experience liberation. I think that's huge that, you know, we're, we're in these bodies that can sometimes, we can sometimes feel limited by them, but the liberation of our consciousness, the liberation of that, of our, of our timelessness, that life does not just end, you know, when we are 80, 85, 90 years old, that the soul continues to live on and it goes on to have, I mean, endless amounts of experiences and lifetimes and different timelines and bodies and dimensions. And, oh, it's just endless. And I think that that's, that's, these are the two, in my opinion, two of the most foundational parts of what it, of what we're here to do as, as souls and human bodies is learn and liberate. I think I love that. Yeah. 
And yeah. even me getting this haircut, I've realized how rigid things are. I haven't realized how like liberated I feel and how much that bumps up into other people's comfort level with gender fluidity. I had a good friend the other day be like, you look so much like your brother to me. And I felt this part of me that like, hey, I don't look like, and then I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Why Why would I think that there's anything wrong with that? And, and playing with my femininity and my masculinity as these two halves of my whole being. And I think what you're talking about, about this dimension of ourselves, allowing a piece of ourselves to be in different places. And, and the, it's just amazing. And I think that this comes full circle to what I wanted to talk about you even defining yourself as a medium, yeah. Emily, the medium, yeah. this thing that fit for a while. And now you're starting to be like, Ooh, Ooh, this is, this is a little edgy, even using one word to describe me. It's so much more multifaceted. And can I come out as an ever evolving? That's being, being. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that, that this has been such a, you know, speaking of that on that on that on those foundational kind of pieces of being human learn and liberate i'm definitely in the liberate stage right now where and i think it's very interesting also nadia like in this time and you know there's so many people starting businesses right now and 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 entrepreneurship is like you know just on its on a rise and people are are really exiting the corporate structure and they're they're liberating themselves in, in that way which is just so amazing and I think that there's this whole very interesting, I'm curious to see just like in this kind of chamber of time in the last, I don't know, maybe five years or so. And, and in the next couple of years of, you know, there's really this strong kind of pulse in this, in the space, business, spirituality, and how they intersect of defining yourself and defining yourself in a certain way so that people know how to relate to you and they know what they're coming to you for. And, you know, you got to make sure you're clear and you're clear on your message and your branding and that, and which is all important. And I still, I still believe in that, but it became, it came to the point where it's like, you know, even just like <laughs> Emily, the medium, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know. I'm so much more than that. Like, it's like, it just as I'm saying it out loud, it feels like, Oh, you know, it's so much a hawk just flew right over my house. Um, like, yep. Um, so it, it's been this process for me of, do I really have to give people a way of relating to me? Like, can they just figure it out? <laughs> you know, can I just be who I am and express what's coming through me on a day-to-day -day basis and who I'm connecting with? And that that is understood without me having to finitely define that and put that in a little nice box with a bow on it and saying, this is exactly what you're coming to me for. And I think that that's really this age of Aquarius, I think that that's what part of what it's about is that <laughs> that these labels and fixed identities and, you know, and these kinds of things are really going out the window in all forms. Um, if that feels right to you, you know, it feels right to me. And so that's what I'm excited about. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just even interesting of like how, like outside of the spirit, outside of my personal experience in the spirituality space, like, okay, well, I am, you know, an accountant, or I'm a lawyer, or I'm a doctor, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a nurse, or these kinds of things. And it's, it's, I'm still grappling with like my whole perspective. It's still very new. And I feel like an awkward little baby giraffe talking about it, which I think is, 
is a good thing. You know, I think it's it's cool to normalize talking about things when we still feel like awkward little baby giraffes about it all. <laughs> because maybe there's somebody out there who also feels like an awkward little baby giraffe and, and they're struggling with the way to articulate or express something that they're experiencing, an identity process shift that, that they're going through. And they're like, what is this all about? And then maybe they hear this conversation and they're like oh okay this is this this is okay you know I'm allowed to do this this is a beautiful part of my human experience so for me what that looks like and I'm kind of just trying to not make it a whole thing like I'm just sort of trying to make it like this is just I I, I, it's not going to be like me jumping from one way of defining myself to another it's kind of just letting the label and the 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 kind of like lose its hold on me first and then I'm going to go from there and see what happens Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still figuring it out I don't really know what it looks like yet um but I'm excited to see what it looks like and that I think comes back to what we were saying of just like following the keys and that's really what I'm doing right now is I my first key was starting to talk about it and starting to acknowledge it and just like allow it within myself you're allowed to do this you're allowed to change you're allowed to 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 put that aside or take it back or put you know put it on again and then take it back or you could you're, you're allowed to do that and then once you once I've done that um I'm just kind of waiting for the next cue from my my spirit team of where they want me to go next or how you know maybe they don't want me to go anywhere next, you know, whatever that looks like. I'm okay with it all. And yeah, it still feels a little messy, but I'm, I'm in full acceptance of it. I'm in full surrender around the whole thing. So that's why the podcasting medium is so beautiful because it, this is a moment in time Yeah, and it will change. And my partner had a great analogy for it. He's like, it's as if we're flying planes that, you know, write things in the air Yes. And if we over-identify with the things that we write, we are the plane. Yes. We are always taking new shape and new form and writing new things. And if we get overly identify, overly identified with what we just wrote, it's no longer going to be alive. And yet we do leave an imprint. So can we be comfortable with the imprint that we leave, but oh. not be constantly craning our necks out the plane to see what we've written because we got to drive that plane and people are going to follow us and people are going to be like, yes, this is what you are. And you need to have enough confidence and humility to continue driving the plane. Yes. Oh, and- that's brilliant. I know. I know. Excuse me with that analogy. Oh my God. I love that. And, and then also to think critically about if you're leaving an imprint, what feels good. And I've been grappling a lot with social media. I feel like it's really icky and, and all we're trying to do is grasp, grasp aliveness. And this conversation feels so alive for me right now, Emily. I just am like, it's so juicy. I'm, I'm, it's so amazing to be here with you. And there's something that feels different about social media. So then can I start to like, I don't know, there's, this is my baby giraffe too, where I'm like, wow, I'm just figuring things out and having enough permission to remain a mystery. And if we grip on too tightly to the Instagram bio, I am Emily, the medium, I am Nadia, the coach, and I worked at these places before, and this is my title. And I'm from this place. Like that's just a proxy for identity. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think it's, um, and you know, what's really interesting to me just about the social media conversation, I completely agree with you. First of all, it's, um, it's a complicated relationship. You know, I have a, we have a, I have a complicated relationship with, with it. And I was talking to a friend of mine who in 
December, she essentially said, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> and she had kind of grappled with the same things that we're talking about with social media for um, years and finally decided to make, you know, she made the decision that I'm going to take, I'm going to take my work off social media. And she did. And I, you know, just through talking with her, I'm like, I'm not quite there yet, but just through talking with her, you know, she's, 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 um, definitely like a revolutionary. She's like, I'm just going to go first and see what happens and see if people follow my leads. It's pretty cool. But she's just like, I'm finding new ways to connect with people outside of the social media context and it's working. It's, it's great. I feel more connected than ever, than ever before to my community, to my friends, to the people around me, uh, to people all over the world. It's so I think, you know, that's also, it's interesting because I think social media is still, you know, still totally necessary in some cases and it's great and it's valuable and there's so many ways that it can serve us but I also think there's this new wave of energy where it's actually very possible outside of just the context of a social media platform that's still digital because you know we're in this digital age and it's all digital everything digital all the time but um but it's slightly well, she's kind of finding her own way and finding her own solutions so I'm very inspired by her and uh just always like like what's it like like do you have so much more time in your day and she's like tons <laughs> so it's pretty cool I think that that's another you know I think that there's a ripple of change moving in that direction I'm curious to see how it plays out yeah, especially as these spirit babies come onto the planet, they're going to, I mean, we could go on and on about cancel culture, but I think that there's going to be a level of integrity that we've never felt before that nothing gets past the sort of like bullshit detector or the absurdity detector. And I'm just so here for it. Too. I'm excited. I'm like, that's why I, I see this all the time. I'm like, I'm so excited. Like till these children start talking, like, oh, just like get my seat at the movie theater with the popcorn ready because I'm here to cheer them on and, you know, support them and, and just like hold them and, and, and all that they are and all that they're going to do. So I'm excited too. Yeah. Amazing. Emily, thank you so much. I, I had like quick hit questions for the end, but maybe I'm just going to ask you, hmm, what is your favorite way to unwind these days? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, my favorite way to unwind, right? Honestly, <laughs> this is going to sound so silly, but, um, but this is what it is. This is really what it is. I have, um, where I live, I've got a great big, I'm very lucky. I have a gorgeous, massive piece of land. And um, on this, like I'm discovering new things on this piece of land every day. There's new trees and new little flowers that pop up. And so my favorite way to unwind is going into my backyard and taking my shoes off and walking around in the moss and the grass and the dirt and like finding all the different kind of weird little plants and flowers and fauna that are popping up in my backyard and having intimate moments with with trees um that's my jam right now <laughs> what is your favorite tree right now what's the oh tree that you connect God. with so deeply Oh, you know what? There's this beautiful Scots pine in my backyard. And when we, when we moved here, it was like really struggling. It, it was not doing well. And it was short and stubby and it was like losing its needles all over the place. And so I just started, I like connected with this 
little tree. I was like, you poor thing. Nobody's taking care of you. Let, let me like pour some love into you. And so I just started spending time with this tree and now it's thriving. It's needles are like beautiful coming in gorgeous. It's growing, it's grown like 15 feet since we've moved in it's like thriving so it's like my little project tree that I have like a special little bond with so um I took I I was like you need you just need some attention that's that's it you know so um yeah that's don't we all don't we all just need a little attention just needed some time he's like he just needs some love he's like I've been here you know I've been trying to grow it's not been working I just need some help so um it's it's a great analogy for life actually just you know sometimes we need someone to pour love into us you know and um so yeah that's kind of my my jam right now um and just going for long walks and um and uh really leaving technology behind and kind of getting lost in in trails and forests and and that kind of thing that's 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 what that's what's really making me happy right now yes a return to simplicity yeah exactly exactly okay last question if people are fascinated by this conversation they might not have even understood everything that you talked about what is a book or a couple books that you found extremely supportive when you were just getting into clairvoyance and psychic abilities oh my gosh okay hold on this is such a good question oh i think there's you know it's such a good question, and it's also a very difficult question because um, it's, it's almost like, you know, one of the things that I wish for when I was first starting to kind of um, get into this was I wish there was just like, it was all in one place, you know? I wish there was like a guidebook. Of course there's not, and that's the, you know, it's just like, I wish it was all just in one location. Um, to be honest, my fi- one of the first kind of books in, in um, the, the spiritual sort of space that I read, and it's in, in this is kind of an interesting selection, but hear me out, is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That was one of the first ones that I read. And what it connected me to was that there's a um, creative force, there's a higher energy that is coming through different people, artists, creators, and things like that at different times. And it just struck me. And, and then I kind of went on to finding more, you know, books within the more kind of, you know, traditional spiritual space, but Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert was one of the first ones that I read that just blew my mind. Have you, have you read that book? So I'm nodding so vigorously because yeah. she was inspired. That book was inspired by The Artist's Way, which and- is one of the first seminal books that got me into spirituality. I thought I was reading a book about getting into creative <laughs> arts. I was like, I want to play the saxophone again I'm creative and I ended up going on this spiritual whirlwind of like holy shit I could connect to this every single day just by writing yes so so that's exactly and that's what that's why I find it's kind of like for me it was one of those foundational texts and absolutely I forgot that it was modeled for and it was kind of inspired by the artist way you're absolutely right um and I don't know it's just for me it just was like the perfect first taste and from there, it, it gave me like a foundational understanding of energy and the way that it's communicating with us and creation and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. And so that was my first one. Another one that I really liked, and I'm going to probably butcher the name of this book, but it's a book by her name is Sonia Choquette. Um, and it's called, it's called something along the lines of my psychic awakening or my something to do with the word psychic and basically it's just a memoir it's her story Mm. but for me it was just her story of waking up to her psychic abilities but I was able to recognize so much of myself in her story that that was actually and again it's not like a traditional kind of spiritual text but 
what it did for me is like, oh my God, she's having those experiences. I've had those experiences. And then from there, I got into kind of the James von Prague kind of mediumship, his, his, his um, books on mediumship um, and uh, kind of different mediums who have, have written books and texts and that kind of thing. So, um, but I think it's called The Psychic. Something. I looked it up. It's Your yes. Psychic Pathway by Sonia Choquette. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Thank you. So that was also a really, um, a really supportive text for me at the time too. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm halfway through a book called You Are Psychic right now, and I think it's so-so, so I don't even know if I would recommend it, but it's it's super interesting. It's just a woman who has spent her life sort of coming online to these abilities and and different exercises to get in touch with it. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Very good. Cool. Nadia, thank you so much. This was incredible. I'm, I'm really like buzzing after this conversation. I feel so... Um so grateful to have this time with you and, and chat with you. And this conversation was amazing. Amazing. And we will include how to get in touch with you. I think it's emilythemedium.com. Yes. Yes. And Emily, the medium on Instagram, though we know we have a complex relationship with it. So <laughs> find her on social media while she's still there. Somewhere. It, it, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you don't know how much longer I'll be there. So <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, exactly. Perfect. All right, Emily, thank you. You are such a gift. Thank you so much. Nadia. This was amazing. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you.